You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Ask Drone You. As always, my name is still Paul. My name's still Rob. Thankful, as always, still thankful that you are spending a few minutes of your day with us. Now more than ever, I suppose there are choices beyond what we can even imagine of how you can spend your time. And here you are, and we appreciate it. We want to bring you value. We also want to make sure we answer your specific questions. So send them in to askdroneu.com, and we will get to them just as soon as we possibly can. Ask, 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 drone you. Bada bing. That was my uh, interpretation of having a mixer. So anyway, um, let's get right to today's question, which is, um, this is kind of deep, everyone. So um, if you're not into photogrammetry or photogrammetry. You should be. Um, yeah, it's definitely a very cool thing. It's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, we're going we're gonna to try to hit this question as best as we can. I will say, if you are unclear on ground control points... If you are unclear on accuracies, meaning the two types of accuracy, if you are unclear on when you need GCPs for what deliverables and when you don't need them and maybe when it's a good idea and when you don't, check out our mapping class, please. Uh, Online, it's free for members. It's actually something I'm going to be updating here soon. It's on my list. Not only that, but we also have an upcoming mapping class. Check it out, thedroneu.com. We really get to hit these things in detail and having your uh, focus and attention for four days really makes a big deal or a big difference in learning this content. So if you're struggling with photogrammetry, drone mapping, come check out our class and uh, you can learn a bunch of different softwares and when to use GCPs. You'll learn also why cloud software will never be as accurate as a desktop based processing software because of the trigonomic relationship between zooming into photos. But what's funny about that is with Pix4D's new software, new version of Matic, where they flipped all the controls from one side to the other, if you know what I'm talking about, you can't zoom all the way into the photos to have those super, uh, super accurate reconstructions. So it seems like some people are saying, well, maybe it's not that important to be that accurate. Who knows? So it's just interesting how the, it's all evolved, Rob. I mean, Pix4D was always accuracy, 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 you know, and and uh, we're taking yeah, things steps change, I guess, towards convenience for better or for worse. That's right. Who knows which way it goes? But either way, you can learn more about it. The DroneU.com. Join us for our last mapping class of the year. We're going to be launching our mapping classes, inspection classes, flight mastery classes and more for next year. It'll be on the site just in time for Black Friday for you to take advantage. Have a drone training experience you'll never forget. It's so much fun. It's deep. You know what? It's technical. It's a lot, but it's also a lot of fun. And the more fun that we can make it, the more that you retain. And what I mean is structured fun, not like, you know, off the wall silliness all the time. That just doesn't help anybody. I mean, it's fun, but it doesn't help. It's not helpful. So check it out. Let's hit that question, Rob. Hey guys, this is John from Arizona. I have what are probably dumb questions about ground control points. My first question is, when placing ground control points, do I mark them individually with an RTK station, use existing control points on the ground from the customer, or just toss them about and base their location from the data from my RTK station? My second question is, can I get accurate data 
just from an RTK station without ground control points. Thanks for all you guys do. Yeah, John, thank you very much for the question. Appreciate it a lot. And obviously, you know this. Even when you said that, you know this. There are no dumb questions, especially when it comes to something as complex as photogrammetry. I mean, making sure that you understand it accurately and correctly is really, really important. And so thank you for asking the questions. I have to say this, that when you said if I just throw them about, it made me think of like the card game 52 Pickup. (laughs) Will that work? (laughs) No. Okay. Well, there you go. That question's answered. Um, That's that's just, I don't know. Funny Let's nip this in the bud. Funny connections that we make in our minds. Who can explain them? Not me. But anyways. um, I'm getting the the picture right now of like Breaking Bad of throwing the pizzas on the roof. There you go. That's another one. This should work. This should work. This should work. (laughs) It's funny, but it's not because there really are drone pilots out there who do that. And you're like, oh, no. Throw pizzas on roofs? No. Well, I don't know. They might drop pizzas on roofs. I can tell you this, that that poor lady who lives in the Breaking Bad house in Albuquerque, because we know exactly where it is, mm-hmm. been by it. I've, I used to run by it all the time. And literally tourists would go throw pizzas on the poor lady's roof. I mean, you can't make this crap up. No, you really can't. It's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> it really makes you question things about society. Well, there's so many things that make us question, but we will not go down that road right now or you'll get no, me no. going. You'll no, get me no. going. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's uh, stay on topic. Okay. Anyways. Okay. A couple things. Um, The first question regarding, will you just play the first question, just the first question again, just to make sure that we got this right? Because we answered the third part. Hey guys, this is John from Arizona. Hey John. I have what are probably dumb questions about ground control points. My first question is, when placing ground control points, do I mark them individually with an RTK station, use existing control points on the ground from the customer, or just toss them about and base their location from the data? Okay, so so let's try to... Let's try to hit this as, as best we can. So should I mark them individually? So I think anytime there's GCPs, you're not going to be able to mark them collectively. So marking them individually, I think just to clarify the, the question here is obvious. Um, so GCPs are two parts, right? You have part target and part GPS. The target is what you see from the, the drone. And then the GPS is what actually marks that known position in the real world. I think his question, if I understand it right, is do I mark my GCPs with an RTK rover or do I put my GCPs over known surveyor points or surveying nails, etc.? And what is going to garnish me better results? Well, what one thing I will say is, um, first of all, you have to put something over those known surveyor points to see them from the sky. I think everyone knows that. Okay. Getting that information can sometimes be difficult and tedious, meaning going to the government website, uh, every government's different. They're under different names, even by state, et cetera. Right? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so that can add a level of tediousness that is probably not necessary, but also when you're scaling your projects, it's probably not something that you're, you're practically going to want to do. So if you're using an RTK, unit to mark your GCPs that is going to be superior 
to putting your GCPs over known points, gathering that data from the government website, it may not be in the same datum that you need to export your data into. It may be, meaning it's in, is it in this right state plane coordinate system? And then the next question is, is, is the data, meaning the actual numbers in the same system that Pix4D or Drone Deploy or Measure or um, Esri Optelos can read, right? Because there are different data formats. So that's two things. Then you need to understand, okay, well, wait a minute. Is the data that I got from the gov government, is it the orthometric height? Is it the orthometric height plus the geoid height? Is it just uh, the WGS84 height? Like what height is it, right? So there's a lot of unknowns on that that just makes it, uh, you know, can you work through this stuff? Yes, you absolutely can. And it could be a great thing for you and it could be a great solution. But typically it's going to be a lot easier if you have your own RTK unit that you're marking these GCPs with the data created exactly the way that you want it. Um, in addition, go ahead. So can, just if I could, if I could clarify um, sort of practically, let's say you've got our landing pads, five of them, you're using them as GCPs. You're on a whatever, a one mile square. You're setting them out in five different places. Mm -hmm. In terms of setting them out, the goal is simply to spread them out, right? Think of it like legs of a table for the distribution. Right. Imagine your map is a table and, and those GCPs are like the legs of that table and it's essentially propping your map up. Correct. Okay, so then you take your, your station or your, your, your RTK. Your RTK to each one of those... Put the point in the very middle. I'm being again. I'm being very practical here, right? I think it's good. And then you're setting them as perfect the point as you can on that GCP mm -hmm. and marking that location for each one of them. Correct. But that also assumes many things. That assumes okay. that you have good cellular coverage. Sure. That assumes that you're close enough to a cores tower that it's going to read it properly. Or you just buy a Wingtra. <laughs> yeah, you get it now, right? Like, oh man, Wingtra Hub. You're welcome, just, Trent. Yeah, seriously, man. If you guys need a Wingtra, just let us know. It really is the fastest ortho mosaic and 2D mapping uh, generator on the planet. Um, but anyways, carry on with the thought. Yeah. Uh, so so that's assuming, again, that you have access to a VRS, a virtual reference station. That's like, like a SmartNet, uh, Trimble Business Center's uh, network. Um, you have cellular data, okay, you're close enough to a Coors Tower, all those things align, and yes, you go out, you have your RTK rover, and you mark those points, okay? He's saying, should I mark them individually and do that, or put them over known surveyor points? For some of the developments that you're going to be mapping and modeling, they're not going to have those known surveyor points unless they're on the middle of a county road, you know, and, and you're mapping this section of property that's on the far other side of the I road. I would just say that's a no-go. It's really not good practice. It's also not practical for volume jobs. Are you going to be able to do this on a repeated scale? No. Right, because you're not going to build your systems around that methodology. Correct. Because it, you'll run into brick walls all the time. Well, and this is why I've kind of moved away from teaching RTK in the mapping class. Like, yeah, we have an RTK unit, you know, like, yeah, it's a, it's a reach RS2. Um, if you want to know what is the absolute best RTK unit dollar for dollar, it's the Trimble DA2. It's $490 and it costs $11 per mapping job to process points because it's like a token based system, right? So 
With all that to be said, we have been teaching primarily on PPK-based systems like the AeroPoints because for many drone pilots going out there and whether they're doing drone jobs for themselves, whether they're doing it for like a large-scale construction company or a large-scale DSP, they're all using the same GPS system, which is the AeroPoints. So, so if you grab the AeroPoints and you throw those out instead of our landing pads, you push the button and it tells you the information. 45 minutes later. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah not obviously. instantaneously, but yeah. it is giving you accurate information. But it is dummy proof for sure. Yeah. So, and honestly. And that's a what, four to $5,000 investment right now? Yes. And that's, I think that's for 10 now. Um, and, you know, Brandon new here at DroneU, he, he bought, what was it? Five for like 1500 bucks. He found them on eBay uh-huh. and he found them like in England or something or somewhere like that over overseas. And so he took a little bit of a risk in getting them, but he got a great deal. And I would say anyone buying arrow points on eBay, get the serial number or the model number of each arrow point and send it to propeller and make sure it's not stolen. Um, we heard mm. a horror story. Do you remember that? It was last mapping class or the second last. I don't. I didn't hear the story. And a student had bought arrow points and they ended up being stolen and no one and they would not activate the arrow points for him. Uh, Someone had even though he purchased them legitimately, his source was not legitimate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's the way it should, um, well, yeah, know. that's a bummer. Going back to his question, uh, should you use known points and put like landing pads or something over that or just use an RTK rover? I would recommend an RTK rover. But again, I'm going to just put it out there like, guys, shooting RTK points is not as easy as it sounds. There's a lot of environments you don't want to shoot RTK points. It's really environment dependent. It's really dependent on interference. Like our building, it has a metal roof. So if we shoot any points within 20 feet of it, it's going to have an error in it. And you're not going to see that error uh, unless you're extremely vigilant. You're not going to see that error until it's it's till too late. So but if you know that, then you just set the GCPs far enough away. Sure. Mm-hmm. 100%. Again. Yeah. Workflow. Exactly. Yep. Which is why when we map the building, we put them like in the parking lot as far away from the yeah. office as possible. So right. that said, the second question, um, I knew this was how this would go. So apologies, everyone. I got to hear this question again to make sure I hear it accurately and answer accurately. When placing ground control points, do I mark them individually with an RTK station? Use existing control points on the ground from the customer. Again, you're not always going to have those. Or just toss them about and base their location from the data from my RTK you definitely station. Definitely don't toss them about. My second question is: Can I get accurate data just from an RTK station without ground control points? No, because you need to have a way to notice them from the sky. Correct. Well, I think what he's saying, and this is this is why. It's like, you know, with geodetics, geospatial intelligence, you don't know what you don't know. Um, that's a very real phenomenon. On an ongoing basis, oh, you're yes. saying. Oh, yeah. Um, Even though the world is what it is, that's fascinating to me. But um, Yes. And what I will say is, in regards to his question, can I just use an RTK unit? Okay, well... That question drives me to ask a lot of questions. Like, are you saying that you have an RTK base station that is connected to your drone and those corrections are, you know, communicating to your drone? Because the DJI DRTK system, that's how it works, right? Is he saying that I just have an RTK uh, unit on a base station and it's just sitting there collecting data? Well, having one known point is not going to help you. Um, Because if you have ground control points that are spread beyond 
uh, you know, it used to be uh, 500 feet. Some people say 750 feet. If you have that level of distance between GCPs, you can have a degradation of relative accuracy. Relative accuracy is say that we mapped this computer, made a 3D model of it. We know from tip to tip, it's 13 inches, right? But in the model, it shows 14.5. That's your relative accuracy. The absolute accuracy would mean that this computer is sitting in Loveland, Colorado in exactly the position, which even Google can't get right <laughs> our known position. Of course, they're trying from <laughs> yeah, they sure miles are. up in the sky, but still. <laughs> they sure are, yeah. So to answer his question, can I just have an RTK base station out there? The answer is no. Um, now, I'm going to make an assumption because I think I know where he's going with this question, but it's hard to not have him in front of us and say, well, are you saying that you have a RTK base station connected to your drone, providing corrections to the drone, et cetera? By the way, I would never map or model like that because typically when you're doing that uh, system, it's an arbitrary coordinate system, and then you have to convert your coordinate systems and it doesn't always go the way that you want it to. <sighs> so overcomplicating it. Um, Look, I think there's a bigger question at hand here, whether you have an RTK base station connected to the drone or just like, for example, the Mavic 3 Enterprise has its own RTK antenna, right? And a lot of people say, well, I'm using an RTK antenna. I don't need ground control points. <sighs> <laughs> Exasperation. Uh, yeah. Um, in practicality, if everything goes right... I can understand why people say that that is true. But in the real world, everything does not go right. I mean, uh, we had a training uh, last month that the KP index was right at five when we started. And all the drones were having bad GPS data. And so if you didn't do your pre-flight checklist and you didn't see that the KP index was five and you just flew your drone and the RTK antenna was turned on, you would your data would be all screwed up. You have no idea why. You would think, oh, I use my RTK antenna. It was connected to the internet. It was connected to a VRS. Everything worked great. I'm fine. Okay, well, what if the humidity is 85% that day, right? Water in the atmosphere causes signal attenuation, and sometimes you have to correct for that. So again, there's so many variables that it's like, well... I think if we're actually going to be teaching people the right way to go about this, which we always do, we always want to make sure that people know as much as possible to make the best decisions possible. I would say in a perfect world, no, you cannot just use an RTK antenna on your drone and everything is going to go peachy. You ultimately, and ASPRS says this as well, which who's setting the standards for all this. They always say, no, 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 you have to absolutely always have one control, which means one known point. That known point could be shot with a propeller arrow point. You could go shoot a known uh, survey marker. You could have one GCP that you shoot. Uh, and then, you know, if you dig deeper into ASPRS standards, they're going to say, no, not just one. You need a minimum of five, right? So it really Why do they just say that in the first place? It really depends on where you read on their <laughs> yeah, website. Yeah, I mean, they but, have reasons, I'm but, sure. Um, but, hey, we're all updating our content. So... What I will say is in a practical world, if you want to be known for accuracy and quality, no, you do not want to just shoot with your RTK antenna. You always want to have a backup. The backup, I would say, is a minimum of one. Ultimately, if you really want to be a 
diehard quality nut, then you want to have three to five, right? But I will say when it comes to using an RTK antenna connected to your drone or your drone connected to an RTK base station, that no matter what, you want to have some form of control, which for me, again, I'm just going to throw an arrow point out, turn it on, let it collect. And then if my map has any lateral position error or any Z-axis error, I'm going to see that right away. So I will say, ladies and gentlemen, I've had enough jobs go bad that it does not hurt to cross your T's, dot your I's, and have a control. I, I, prom- I promise you it doesn't hurt because, like, we even had a student last class, Rob, who connected his RTK antenna to his Mavic 3 Enterprise, and he took off. You know that pergola we always eat lunch at? He took off at the um, little sidewalk by that pergola, and guess what? It was right over a water pipe, and he didn't know that. He processed his data on day four and he's like, dude, my data is coming in like a block away from where it is. I'm like, look where you took off, dude. You took off right near that manhole. There's known water pipes right there. Like, did you check your uh, antenna's integrity or accuracy? And on the Mavic 3 Enterprise, it doesn't show it. Hmm. And so he didn't... Not even if you dig in? uh Uh-huh, not... Well, I couldn't find it. On the M30T, it shows it. It's really weird. Long story short is it's a perfect example of sometimes you don't know what you don't know and it can cause everything to go awry and it never hurts to have a backup. So I'm going to rest my laurels and yeah, you should always have a backup. That was a long-winded me processing while I'm talking. (laughs) No, I think it's helpful. I really hope that it helped you, John, and anybody else that's got these same questions because... All I know is that every time I hear you talk about this stuff, I feel a little bit dumber. (laughs) That is not the goal. No, I know it's not. I'm kidding. I'm being Uh, facetious. But obviously the point is that it's, uh, it's complex. And I think there are folks out there that mean well that are trying to simplify it. But it's just one of those things that it's, if you want to do it well, right, and most importantly, accurately, you cannot oversimplify it. I guess unless you want to go buy a wing tro, that's going to help you do that. But even then, you have to understand yeah. what's happening, right? Yeah. So and I there think, are still qualifications for the Wingtra, right? Yeah. You got to be within 20 or 30 miles of a of a course tower. That tower has to be broadcasting or sampling every second. It can't be a three or five second sample. And that really limits the number of towers that you can connect to. So it's not always bulletproof. There you go. Yeah. So um, thank you for the question, John. Uh, absolutely not a dumb question. Clearly, the way that you can tell it's not a dumb question is by the, is by the answer. <laughs> and just in terms of how involved it gets, right? So if you have a question like John did, go to askdroneu.com. We would love to hear what's on your mind. You know, if there was an if this, then map, if this, then that map for ground control points, photogrammetry and all of that, it would literally that entire, you know, like tree would look like the Stranger Things stuff that grows in caves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it would just go everywhere. So anyway, um, I think also this particular show proves a really important point, which is why so many construction companies and companies that work in needing information, but not necessarily accurate information, because that whole surveyors board and whatnot issue, it goes to show why so many people are like, no GCPs, I just need a really high de- highly detailed photo. And ult- ultimately, that's your ortho mosaic, right? So I think it paints- and it's close enough. 
Exactly. Yeah. Because again, the relative accuracy mm-hmm. is what matters. Um, and, and again, in our mapping class, that's exercise five. If you take exercise five and you measure the scale constraint on exercise five, you're always going to be within, you know, a few inches of 20 feet. But if you take that map and you throw it into virtual map or you throw it into QGIS, uh, ArcGIS, et cetera, do you know what? It's going to be 20 feet off but the measurement is still accurate. Mm. And that's the difference between absolute and relative accuracy. On that bombshell, take our comprehensive mapping class. No one goes deeper. No one's more comprehensive. And we're about to update it all over again because, well, you need it. So thanks again for joining us. If you're not a DroneU member, please become one because soon everything's going to change. So anyway. Get in now. Yeah. So that said, thanks again for joining us. As always, my name is Paul. I'm Rob. And we are here because we want to help you. We want to help you because we love to fly. We have a passion for flight. We want to help you turn your passion into profit through confidence. Thanks again for joining us at Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.